Amen. As always, thank you, Pastor Ricky, praise team for that time of worship. You'll take your copy of God's Word and turn with me to Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 24. Proverbs 24, we'll begin reading in verse 3 in just a moment. This morning, we're going to turn our attention to wisdom and the family. We've been walking through many passages through the book of Proverbs over the past several weeks. Pastor Jamie and I, and I don't know about you, but I'll be perfectly honest, Proverbs has, uh, has given me a, a good swift kick in the rear a few times. God has used this book to just remind me and to refresh my, my, my memory. Things that I knew, things that I know that, that ultimately reveal wisdom and a, and a right and, and good relationship with Him. How we as believers are called to live our lives radically different from the world around us. One of the things I love about the gathered church is I really believe that whenever we study God's Word that that we see in the scriptures that, that life, the Christian life, is not intended to be lived alone. I know there are people who are out there who always want to, to begin with and go back to that faith is a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Hear me, I agree with that. It's about a personal faith. But the personal faith that we have in Christ should never be separated with the communal faith that we have as a body of Christ. You see, the Lord Jesus came to to offer himself as a sacrifice, not just for you. Not just for me, but but he offered his life as a sacrifice for the body of Christ. He gives, all throughout scripture, he gives special attention to to a, a gathered and a communal body. And when you really begin to break down the scripture, you see that over and over again, God gives special attention even beyond just the communal body, but to a very specific body, the familial body, family, the immediate family. You see, we as believers are called to, to live a life and, 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 a, and a life of hope and faith in, in our family relationships. It breaks my heart whenever you get to see the world around us. Man, our society is filled with broken families. Our society is filled with fathers who are absent, mothers who are junkies, children who are delinquent and scattered and and, and cursed their parents. And, And the list goes on and on and on. Our society is filled with with families that honestly are just broken and practically non-existent. God's Word gives priority to the family. God's Word gives priority to who we are as believers in our families and what our family should ultimately look like. You know, what I, when I think about the world around us, and I think of all that the world pursues, if, if, if the world is so set on pursuing the, the wisdom and, and, and the riches of the world, then then at the same time, it doesn't make, it doesn't make our happy, it doesn't, make our, it doesn't make our lives happy, it doesn't make our homes happy, then what's the problem? 
I mean, all these people in our society pursue after wealth and, and, and possessions and, and happiness and so many other ways and so many other forms. But then when you bring it back to the family, those very people who pursue it in so many other places, their lives and their families are miserable. What's wrong? Why is that? If pursuing what the world has to offer doesn't produce a happy home, then ultimately, what does? I think God's word's very clear. And even in Proverbs 24, we begin to see this truth unfold that the wisdom from God, hear me, church, is the surest way to a happy and blessed home. The wisdom of God, living our lives in the wisdom of God, pointing our families to the wisdom of God, a life and a family that is focused on the wisdom of God is the surest way to have a happy and blessed home. So where do we begin? We'll see as we walk through these Proverbs. I think the place to begin that really Solomon points to us to begin is is for us as family members to give our families more than wealth. We as God's people are called to give our families more than wealth. You say, wait a minute, we've already talked about, about wisdom and money. Pastor Jamie covered that. You're, you're right, but, but hear me. This is what, what Solomon does here is he uses this idea of money again and he places it back into the family because, because I believe Solomon in God's wisdom understood that there are so many families that ultimately are broken apart because daddies and mamas are more consumed with what the world has to offer than they're consumed with, with pouring love and relationship back into their families. As God's people, we are called to give our families more than wealth. Proverbs 24. Begin reading in verse 3. A house is built by wisdom, and it is established by understanding. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with every precious and beautiful treasure. You see, God's scripture teaches us here that the best way to establish, the best way to build, the best way to maintain a home is through the wisdom of God. Through considering his wisdom, through living through his wisdom. This expression here, notice there at the end of verse 4, by knowledge the rooms are filled, listen, with every precious and beautiful treasure. This speaks to so much more than money or material possessions. When you really dig into it, you see what Solomon's saying. This is actually a reference, hear me church, to a wealth of stable family relationships. You and I, in our Western context, in our Western minds, when we read the Bible, sometimes when we see an expression like that, we just go straight to the money. Right? Right? That, that, if, that if our homes are filled with money, then yeah, everything's going to be a-okay and everybody's going to be happy. Even as believers, we, we, fall, we succumb to that thought. Even as believers, we think that that's exactly what God's Word is teaching here. No, when you really dig into the Scriptures, what Solomon is saying is that, is that, if, that if we will build our houses on the wisdom of the Lord, then our houses, our rooms will be filled with, with great blessing. But that blessing is not money in the, in the possessions of the world. Our homes and our rooms will be filled with a wealth of stable family relationships. Clearly, As Pastor Jamie taught us several weeks back, money, Proverbs teaches that that money and possessions 
in and of themselves are not evil. In fact, it can be a very positive thing when used rightly, right? For the glory of the Lord. We, we talked about that. God gives us blessings and even gives us sometimes material possessions in a sense. Ultimately, though, not, not so that we can pour it into our own lives and, and, and ha- have happy lives based off of that, but that we can use it for the glory of the Lord. In and of itself, wealth, money, possessions, they're not a bad thing. On the other hand, money can and honestly will always become an idol that costs you your family if you don't have a righteous view of it. If, if we pursue it all, at all cost, then it absolutely can become an idol that ultimately will cost you your family. Proverbs teaches us that, that if you have a choice between a happy home and a wealthy home, always choose the happy home. If they stand at odds against each other, then it's best to always choose the happy home. Again, I want to be careful. If if you've been blessed with wealth and, and material possession in and of itself, it's not a bad thing. But the moment that you begin to pursue it, the moment that that's what you that's what you desire, the moment that that's all that consumes you, then it will absolutely interrupt and and break up your home. And if they stand at odds with each other then what God's word tells us is that we should always choose the happy home over the wealthy home. A happy, loving home rooted in the wisdom of God is better than a wealthy home that's filled with turmoil and trouble. How do we know this? Proverbs 15, verse 16 through 17. You'll see it on the screen. Listen to what the word of God says. Better a little... With the fear of the Lord, than great treasure with turmoil. Better a meal of vegetables where there is love than a fattened ox with hatred. One more really quick. Proverbs 17 verse 1. Better a dry crust with peace than a house full of feasting with strife. Say, what in the world is Solomon teaching us? Here's the way I like to put it. Put it in country terms. It's better to eat a pot of greens and some crusty old cornbread and to do it in love and peace than it is to have a big old fat juicy steak on your your plate if your home is filled with trouble and turmoil and frustration. I I think of first, well actually the second church I pastored, there was a lady by the name, um, oh my gosh, I almost forgot her name. Her name is Evelyn Driscoll. The reason why I almost forgot her name is because everybody in the church called her grandma. That's all I knew. Everybody. Everybody knew grandma. And I used to love, as a pastor, she'd call me some days. Hey, Pastor Bo, I've got some greens on. You want to come visit? Yes, ma'am. I'm on my way. And I would go, and all we would eat is a pot of collard greens and cornbread. And can I tell you, I felt like I was eating like a king. It was the absolute best meal, not just because the collard greens and the cornbread were good, but because Grandma Driscoll was a woman who loved me dearly. She loved her young pastor. She loved my children. She loved, every, she loved everybody in the church. She was just a woman who literally became the grandma for the whole church because she would open up her home, open up her heart, open up her life. And you know what? 
Grandma's Driscoll. In the world standards, I'd be willing to say, um, I, I, don't, I don't know how much wealth she had. She, you wouldn't think she looked poor. What, what she had, according to the world standards, she didn't have much at all. But man, she was a wealthy woman. She shared life. She shared her home. That's exactly what, what Solomon teaches us here. Literally, you take these three verses together. He's saying it's better to eat greens and crusty old bread than it is to eat a fattened ox. If the home with the fattened ox is filled with turmoil and strife. What's the application? Well, it's actually very clear. As believers, we're called to spend more energy on our families than we do making money or accumulating any kind of wealth. We're, we're to open up our homes, share our lives, love those around us. But obviously it begins in our homes. It's better to show and share the love of Christ with anyone and everyone that we have under the roof of our house. It's better to show and share the love of Christ with a lost and dying world. It's better to show His love and have nothing in the eyes of the world than it is to pursue the wealth of the world and be filled with strife. God's word is clear. We're called to give our family more than wealth. So where do we go from there, though? Here's the second truth as we walk through the book of Proverbs. We're called not only to give, to give our families more than wealth, but next we see that we're called to give our families someone who's following the Lord. We're called to give our families someone who's following the Lord. We go back to Proverbs 24, those same two verses. A house is built by wisdom and it is established by understanding. But by knowledge, the rooms are filled with every precious and beautiful treasure. Now, you've got to understand, Proverbs 24 teaches us that, that the best way to build and maintain a home is through the wisdom of God. As we've walked through the book of Proverbs and we've seen in other passages of Scripture, we remember that God created and He actually ordered the world through His wisdom. God put the world in place and even now it operates according to His perfect will and design. Nothing takes God by surprise. Everything is happening as He so chooses. So going against him and his order, ultimately, as we've already seen, is what? Foolishness. I think that was our second sermon on Proverbs. Going against the perfect order and design of God is foolishness. So, what we must do as believers is lead our homes to follow the wisdom of the Lord. Interestingly, if you remember, as we've walked through the book of Proverbs, we've already learned that true wisdom comes from, and, I, and really I should say, be careful, true wisdom with a capital W there, comes from a personal relationship with our holy God through faith in Jesus Christ. That true wisdom, if you remember, as we've walked through the book of Proverbs, wisdom at times has been personified. Wisdom is represented as a what? Or excuse me, as a whom? As a person. Wisdom is a person. 
Wisdom is God. God is wisdom. And God personified is whom? Jesus. Are you saying, wait a minute, Jesus is in the Old Testament? (laughs) All over it. Are you saying Jesus is actually in Proverbs? Absolutely. And true wisdom, as we consider all that we study in the book of Proverbs, true wisdom comes through a personal relationship with our holy and wise God. That only comes when we have a personal relationship with our holy and wise Savior named Jesus Christ. So you bring all this together and we see with all of the context of Proverbs that instead of just giving our families wealth and possessions, we're called to be a people who live our lives pursuing God at all costs, that have a personal walk with Him, who long for Him, who look for Him, who seek for Him, who want to know Him more. And as we draw near to him, he draws near to us. And hear me, church, that's when God begins to show favor even in our homes. Continue to unfold it here very specifically in Proverbs. Proverbs 19 actually teaches us how foolishness can lead to, to parental and marital relationships that are out of balance. Instead of the wisdom aspect, you go back to what we saw in week two of Proverbs. If we decide to live foolishly, right, pursuing the world and not relationship with Christ. If we decide to pursue what the world has to offer and not him and his favor, then it's going to come into our life. Foolishness will come into our life and wreak havoc even, hear me, as the scripture teaches here, even in the home. Specifically, Proverbs 19. Look at verse 13. I think you might be able to see it on the screen. Proverbs 19, verse 13. A foolish son is his father's ruin, and a wife's nagging is an endless dripping. You may not see it up there right now. You do. Now, now hear me. Let me be very careful here. Um, my wife was not, was not able to come because we have a couple very small babies at the moment, and um, or at least one four-year-old. And so she stays home and watches online. And, and right now, I know that she's watching. As long as the baby's not screaming. I know that she's watching. And, and I, I was very wise in telling her what I was preaching on and even, and even the verses that I would walk through. And she just simply reminded me, <clears throat> if you want to be able to come home, be careful what you say. And I said, yes, ma'am. Absolutely. What is, what is Solomon teaching here? Hear me. Again, foolishness, when we decide to no longer pursue the right relationship with God first, right? We turn from his wisdom and pursue all that this world has to offer. That's an aspect of foolishness. When we are foolish, it's at that point that our children begin to lead us to ruin, that, that our relationship with our spouse just, you know, it's just, it's just not right and nobody's happy. And then at that point, maybe we all start nagging. Be careful. We, we all start nagging. What Solomon is teaching here, that it's, it's very possible that we can be very, listen, religious and go through the motions, put on the face. And right now, literally, we can put on the mask 
right, and hide our faces and make everybody think in the world around us that everything is A-OK. Hear me, church. I'll be the first one to tell you. I, I know that life gets hard. And sometimes when that happens, it begins to wreak havoc in our, in our personal lives and in our homes. We all have some issues. Okay, so we don't, we don't have to wear the mask and, and act like we're something that we're really not. But if we choose to pursue what the world has to offer, we reject what God actually offers to us. We reject his knowledge and his wisdom and, and his righteousness. And we begin to pursue all that the world has to offer. Ultimately, it will creep into every aspect of our life and it will wreak havoc on our homes with our children and with our spouses. If you want peace in your home, it begins with a deep, personal walk with the Lord. Specifically, a deep, personal, and intimate walk with Jesus Christ himself. You got marital problems right now? You got problems with your kids? You got problems with your extended family? Look, there's a, lot of, there's a million different reasons. I can't even begin to, to walk through it all. Ultimately, what I'd ask you is, how's your walk with Christ first and foremost? What's your relationship with the Lord right now, first and foremost? So how do you ensure wisdom in the home? If we're called to be a people who instead of pursuing wealth, more importantly, we pursue a deep and intimate walk with Christ, how then, how can we ensure wisdom in, in, is, is going to permeate and, and, and just be, and cover every aspect of our homes and our families? Well, first is we're to, we're to offer some instruction. Now, I'm not going to read it because we've already read it a couple times, but Proverbs 24, 3 through 4 specifically points to this truth. That as God's people, as we're pursuing him and as we're seeking him and, and his wisdom, that we're teaching everyone in our home to do the same. So we teach it. We live it and we teach it. That then leads us to the second truth of how we can make sure that his wisdom permeates our homes. It's, it's by living an example. So we teach it through instruction and then we live it through example. Proverbs 14, verse 26. We haven't seen this one. In the fear of the Lord... One has strong confidence and his children have a refuge. It's in the fear of the Lord. We've talked about the fear of the Lord, right? Having honor and respect and, 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 a, and, a, and, and just a, 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 a wanting to have a right relationship with him. It's not fearful that we're afraid of our lives. It's a, it's, if you remember, I think I preached on this one. It's, I used the concept of, of God being our heavenly father. And, and, and I know that my, my earthly father loves me and would do anything for me. But he's my daddy. And there were aspects, and there were times in my life where I might begin to rebel. And, and he would bring me, in the second we're going to see, he'd bring correction into my life. But I still loved him because I knew he loved me. There's that healthy respect. If, if we will have that towards God, then, then we'll see that in strong confidence that he's going to bless our homes and bless our children, that even our children can take refuge in that. We live by example. Next, we offer correction. We offer correction. You want to make sure that wisdom permeates your home? Offer correction. 
We've already seen this separately. I think Pastor Jamie preached on this, but correction, just look at it quickly. Uh, we talked about wisdom and discipline. Proverbs 13, 24. The one who will not use the rod hates his son, but the one who loves him disciplines him diligently. Proverbs 29, verse 15. A rod of correction imparts wisdom, but a youth left to himself is a disgrace to his mother. And there's many more. Hear me. This is the debate here. There is no debate on how we should discipline our children. That's between you and the Lord. Okay? It's, it's, the, sometimes we get wrapped up as, a, is this about spanking? and not, Just hear me. Do you discipline your children in love? Do you discipline your, your children not when you're angry, but, but when you, maybe when your heart's breaking because they've been disobedient? Do you, do, you offer, do you offer ultimately forgiveness and grace the way God disciplines us? But do you, do you take the time to care enough that you correct your family, that you correct your children, that you correct those in your family who, who've wronged you and have wronged others? Do you take the time to offer gentle correction? Scriptures are clear here. This is what imparts wisdom into the family. Finally, and really probably we could have put this one first, as believers, we, we care and give attention to our marriages. Marriage. Proverbs 5, 15 through 18. Drink water from your own cistern, water flowing from your own well. Should your springs flow in the streets, streams in public squares, they should be for you alone and not for you to share with strangers. Let your fountain be blessed, hear what the word of the Lord says, and take pleasure in the wife of your youth. And if you really want to get steamy, you read verse 19, but I figured we wouldn't read it right now. But read it later. What is Solomon teaching? That we, as believers, are to enjoy our marriages. And if you really want to get embarrassed the context there verse 19 is a enjoy each other physically but as a part of that you enjoy each other emotionally you enjoy each other spiritually right give attention to that be intentional in that have that relationship, and as you do so, you'll see God impart wisdom and peace in your marriage. Proverbs 18, verse 22. A man who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Proverbs 31, 10 through 11. Who can find a wife of noble character? She is far more precious than jewels. A good wife. A a good marriage, a healthy marriage focused on Christ and living for His glory, that's better than precious jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her and he will not lack anything good. Did you hear that? There will be no lack of anything good. What, what is Solomon teaching? He's teaching us that when our relationships are right, when our relationships are right, when our marriages are healthy, and we're pursuing the Lord together, when we pour into our children, offer gentle discipline where it's needed, correction, 
We pursue him at all costs. When we're doing that, the scriptures are clear that our homes will be filled, right? You go back to Proverbs 24, 3 and 4, that our rooms will be filled with healthy, beautiful, wealthy relationships before an almighty God. So what have we learned? Give your family more than wealth. I know there are people who want to pursue wealth in this world to be able to pass it along to the next generation. Look, there's nothing wrong with that. Praise God. That's awesome. That's incredible. I'm not going to say that that's evil. Not, not at all. That's, that's wonderful. But are you passing on a spiritual legacy more than anything else? Give, give your family more than just wealth. Wealth of the world. Give your family someone who ultimately is following the Lord. Someone who, who above anything and everything else, someone who's just pursuing after God. Someone who wants to have a deep and intimate relationship with Christ. Let's give that, dads. Look, I need to work on it. Dads, it's, it begins with us. Let's do that. Moms, wives, let, let's do that together. Each and every one of us, let's do it. Children, do it for your parents. More importantly, do it for the Lord. And as a result, honor your father and mother. Give your family someone who's following the Lord. And then ultimately, entrust wisdom in the home and family. Just, just teach it, instruct it, right? Live it out by example. Offer correction where it's needed and give special attention to your marriages. Hear me. If we will do that, church, if we will do that, then we'll see this ultimate truth of all these passages come to fruition. That the wisdom from God is the surest way to a happy and blessed home. Let me ask one more question. Do you want your families to be blessed? So I'm a seminary professor. This is what I'll say. This is the audience participation part of our classroom time. Do you want your families to be blessed by God? Pursue Him. Pursue Him. Seek after Him. Fathers, husbands, model it for your wives and your children. Moms, do it out of honor and respect to the Lord and to your husband and your children. Let's do this together. And let's not be consumed with the wealth and possessions of the world. Let's turn towards the Lord. And when we do that, God's word tells us that our homes will be filled with his wisdom. And ultimately, even his riches and blessing. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity that we've had to seek you this morning. Lord, I pray right now, if there's anyone here today who's never trusted in you, Lord, as we've observed the Lord's Supper, and even as we've been reminded in this time, Lord, you are a God who loves us in spite of who we are. Lord, if there's anyone here this morning who's never trusted in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, that today would be the day they surrender their lives to him. Holy Spirit, move in their lives right now. For those who are here in this room and those who are listening by distance, do an incredible work in them at this moment. Call them unto salvation. Lead them to the point where they respond. 
But Lord, I also pray that as your people, those who are in this room who are gathered together as believers, that Lord, we would just simply be reminded that Lord, you do want to bless our homes. You want to bless our relationships. And that comes when when our relationship, first and foremost, is right with you individually. But as that's right, we lead it out in our relationships together, beginning in our homes. Lord, I thank you for the gift of family. I thank you, Lord, I thank you for my beautiful wife, beautiful on the inside and out. I thank you for my beautiful children. I thank you for the children you've placed in our home, even for a short period, and you've reunited with our families. Lord, I just thank you, Lord, just for the opportunity that we have to live the truth of the gospel out in our own lives, the world around us, but beginning, beginning under our roof. Lord, I pray that you would help each and every one of us in this room, Lord, and joining by this. Lord, help us to commit to pursue you at all costs, to walk with you, and, and Lord, to, to entrust that kind of relationship and trust that into our family and trust that into our spouse and trust that into our children. Living it out by example, teaching it. Lord, just asking for forgiveness when we make mistakes. Lord, ultimately, living for your glory. Lord, help us to be a people who pursue you at all costs. And ultimately, Lord, help us to do that in our homes. And as we do so, we ask for your blessings to be poured out. Ultimately, so that you and only you can receive all the glory and honor and praise. Lord, we love you, we trust you, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask you if you will stand.